The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Ger McCarthy, and you can follow me on my Instagram and Twitter accounts at germccarthy 74 This week's guests include... Republic of Ireland international striker Saoirse Noonan, who talks to me about a momentous 2021 and her hopes for the coming year with the Irish senior international setup. Eight-time All-Ireland winning Cork goalkeeper Elaine Hart joins us on the Big Red Bench to talk about her new goalkeeping coaching role with the temporary men's senior setup. We'll also hear from Irish senior basketball international and the address UCC Glanmire point guard Anya McKenna on her club's qualification for the Women's National Cup final, a COVID-affected year, and finishing runners-up with Ireland at the European Championships for Small Countries Tournament. And finally, we're joined by Mornabi footballers and sister act Emma and Catherine Coakley as they prepare for this weekend's current account.ie All-Ireland LGFA Senior Club Semi-Final at home to meet champions Dunboyne. That's all to come in this week's bumper edition of the Women in Sport podcast. Twenty twenty one was a breakout year for Shelburne and Republic of Ireland senior international striker Saoirse Noonan. The former Cork LGFA forward joined me on the Big Red Bench to look ahead to 2022 and to talk about her thriving business venture, Freedom Clothing. We are delighted to be joined on the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast by Republic of Ireland international Saoirse Noonan, who's coming off a very, very impressive 2021 and hoping for more of the same, I would imagine, in 2022. Saoirse, how are you? I'm brilliant, Jer. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's lovely to talk to you again. Um, every time I think of you or see a picture of you um, in the last couple of weeks and months, I go back to that night in November uh, 2021 when the Republic of Ireland defeated Georgia quite easily, 11-0. But that moment after, I think it was about 81, 82 minutes, when you got that international, your first international, senior international goal, I know you've been asked a million times, but does that moment still come into your head much since, since it happened? And uh, what a lovely, lovely moment for all the hard work you put in to get there. Yeah, I suppose. I think when I look at the pictures, um, I think probably one thing that I think about most is being on the sideline warming up and just having the feeling in my stomach that if I came on, that I would get an opportunity um, and that there would be opportunities um, right for me that I would have to take. So yeah, I think that's kind of what I think about most. And just see, I suppose how much I want to be on the pitch and I was just kind of waiting and hoping that I would get called and thankfully... I did, and I knew when I stood in that pitch that I had to, I had to go try get that goal because, as I said, there was opportunities, and I wanted to, I wanted to take one of them. And it was only my second cap, so I was definitely over the moon when, when the ball fell to my feet and I stuck it in the back of the net. Yeah, that was clearly evident, Saoirse, from the moment it hit the net. That lovely smile coming across your face, and then your brother right next to you. I mean, I mean, you couldn't script it. Yeah, I think um, I think it was actually. Meg, Meg Connolly who headed it and I think it just fell at my feet so I think our first thing she was kind of like oh god like I'm so near to go like can I just get it in past, past our feet kind of um, and yeah look once once I saw like it it bounced off the back of the net I knew I knew it was um, my first goal and yeah like you just I suppose your adrenaline's going you're just running you don't know where to go and of course and I just saw out of the corner of my eye I wasn't too sure if it was him or not because he was all wrapped up but um, then once I got nearer and he was my brother it was just I knew he'd obviously caught the moment on camera and stuff and leave the cameras around as well and stuff. So yeah, I was definitely made that bit more sweeter having him having him sitting there looking at looking through the lens at me, I suppose. 
Yeah, a really nice moment and a very unusual one as well to have a brother as a photographer right there for that for that seminal moment and something that neither of you will ever forget. That result, Sergio, aside from your goal, has given the Republic of Ireland second place in Group A in the World Cup 2023 qualification group, currently headed by Sweden, um, way out in front with five wins from five. But then there's yourselves in second place on seven. Then you've got Finland, Slovakia and Georgia um, as well in that group. Now, you don't play competitively in the qualifiers again until next April when you travel to Sweden. And that's a pretty ominous task at the best of times but how much are you looking forward to it I mean you work so hard to get to this point in your career um, it's not an easy uh, position to hold on to considering first of all the level of competition for places now at senior level but it, it must be something that you're looking forward to immensely in 2022 pulling on that jersey again and, and hopefully adding to your international senior tally Yeah definitely I think there's such a big opportunity for for Irish women to kind of go and get to the World Cup and make a name for ourselves and I think especially all the girls that were involved um, in the Euro qualifiers that they didn't um, be successful in, it kind of gives them that bit of more of a push, I suppose, because obviously we've a really competitive group, but as you said, we're second now, and um, we have to hold that, and we will we will um, get another opportunity to qualify, and having a World Cup in Australia for such a small country to do that would be amazing, but I think everyone's just so excited, and they know they know we're capable of doing it, they know we're capable of doing it, so we just have to go and perform, and that's what it's all about, like, performing the days, getting the points, it doesn't matter how it's bothered into the network, in jealous, we're all just absolutely buzzing, and just, I suppose we're really just wanting to come around now, wanting to be on the pitch, and wanting the fans to be there, and we're hitting records and everything um, last year, so yeah, it's just unbelievable to see the growth, and how exciting it is going ahead, and um, what the next couple of months are going to hold is really exciting. Yes, indeed. And when you think of the team and the panel of players that, that, that the Republic of Ireland senior women's international team currently has, Denise O'Sullivan, Katie McCabe, I mean, there's yourself, there's Amber Barrett, there's Megan Connolly. I mean, this is a serious, serious group of players. But by, by all accounts and what comes across from interviews and certainly from watching you warm up before matches, a, a clear bond, not a, not a manufactured bond, but a real bond between these group of players who want to do exactly what you just said, get to that World Cup and give give the whole country a lift. Yeah, definitely. I think every player is as important off the field as they are on the field and there's a nice kind of um, a nice buzz around and we all get on and go for coffee with different people it's not just it's not just the one or two or the same group it's, there's a good um, connection there and I think that's really important because you have the likes of Amber who's the last you won you have Denise who's so experienced you have Kay who's so experienced um, you have Rusha who'll always give you a slagging you just have all these little bits that they make a team and they make it more enjoyable and um yeah, look, as I said, it's so important to have that off the field to make it work on the field. And I think that's really, really showing in our performance and our results now going forward as well, hopefully. Yes, and your profile is growing all the time, Sir. So not just yours, but that in the international women's team. I mean, you finished off the year in style by appearing on none other than the Late Late Show. I feel very privileged actually to have you on the show here on the podcast after that. That looked like it was good fun. Yeah, I think um, when we all got the call for that, we were a bit gobsmacked. Um, and of course, it was really cool we were on with absolute celebrities Westlife and Tom Grennan and stuff so yeah it was an unbelievable night and as I said like who would have thought a couple of months ago I was hoping that I'd make my debut and then I scored my first goal and then I got on the late late show representing my country so yeah look it's been a bit of a whirlwind but it's been unbelievable Indeed it has and you are somebody that just cannot seem to sit 
uh, sit down and relax. You're ne- every time we go on social media, if you're not coaching young kids as part of your, you know, with your coaching qualifications throughout the, the Christmas period, you're also heavily, heavily involved in your own company, which is uh, Freedom Official Clothing. And you can find Freedom Official Clothing at freedomofficialclothing.com. Can you tell me, I mean, a, what it, it creates your own reality is the, is the byline here w- with your with your product. What is it that you're looking to achieve with this? Because um, it seems to be going very, very well for you. And I see the clothes popping up on a lot of different um, Instagram feeds and it, its popularity is growing steadily. You must be, obviously it takes a huge amount of time and effort, but you must be happy with how it's going. Yeah, I think, I suppose, first lockdown was the first time I ever, I suppose, nearly had two days off not wanting to another training session or having to be at some sort of event or meeting or something. And I think... I always kind of wanted something else on the side of sport. I didn't want to be known just for saying, you know, she she plays the or she plays soccer and I get a football court. I wanted to have something else to back me up. And I think, like I did my ACL in 2018 and I was out for a long time. And I suppose when you do that injury, they say to you that you're, you kind of have more of a higher percentage that it can happen again. And that's a fear, especially in girls sport at a young age. Um, we all know that you don't make it um, as high as the men, you don't get paid the wages that they do and I always kind of wanted to have something that I could do myself as well as play football and just in the last day I suppose when I got the time to sit down and I'd already done like um, logos and t-shirts and hoodies and designed them and my, as my slogan says, create your own reality and that's what I did, I just started creating it and I just kept going with it and kept trying out new things and then as I kind of started giving the clothes out to people, they were saying, like, why don't you set it up? And I just did, and I went for it, and it's only eight months in, and I'm like, I can't really keep up myself because I'm doing other things. I didn't think it'd be going as quick as it is. Um, but, yeah, look, it's so exciting, and I, I love it, so I don't find it as a, a chore. And my sister does a lot of it now as well when I'm away and stuff, which is brilliant for her. Um, but, yeah, look, it's, it's just comfortable clothing range. Um, Freedom, obviously, is my name in... Um, English and that's where it means something to me and that's how the name's kind of a catchy name you don't really forget it everyone especially in these times of COVID freedom everyone's looking for their freedom etc so I think it kind of connects with a lot of people um, and yeah that's how the name then create your own reality um, we always say like I'm a big dreamer but you can't, and you want to chase your dreams but you have to believe that they're going to happen too and you have to try work hard and it's not going to just happen for everyone um, some people might get lucky but more so less you have to put in the grass and the hours and yeah look I, I love it and I love everything that I do and I love being busy and running around and even here now chatting to you I'm in a hotel room and I when you said you want to have an interview it's like yeah no problem because I just love chatting I love just doing something and keeping my mind occupied and I'm always thinking of the next the next move so yeah I'm definitely looking forward to this year now and seeing where that goes. Yeah, well, that's clearly evident from the passion that you, even the passionate way you talk about this, uh, Freedom Clothing. Uh, and again, just to remind people that are listening, if you want to find out more about Freedom Clothing, go to www.freedomofficialclothing.com and you'll see a wide range of uh, products there. A lot of them are out of stock, uh, Saoirse, so it's obviously things are going quite well for you as I was in through this morning. So congrats with that. Finally, before I let you go, because I know how busy you are. One thing I always like to ask you because I would have first we would have first come across each other in Cork ladies football terms when you featured for Evie Fitzgerald when he was in charge and the Cork senior ladies team and did very successfully as well for yourself. Um, new manager now in Shane Ronan, a new season uh, beginning for Cork again, looking to bounce back from the disappointment of last year's All Ireland semi final loss to eventual All Ireland champions Meath. I know you keep tabs on the Cork ladies football scene. Um, what do you think about the new appointment in terms of Shane Ronan coming in, and what are your hopes for Cork in the coming year and beyond? 
yeah, um, obviously Shane is a well-known um, manager around Cork. He's really successful with the Monabi girls. Um, I played actually under Shane myself. I think it was only 16. He filled in for Efi and the Munster final against Kerry. There was a replay actually in the back half of nowhere. Um, and I was never getting pointed at one tight on the ground and he was roaring at us and we never really had someone roar at us. And he was saying, the cup is going to be here, the cup is going to be here. And I think from talking to some of the girls, Shane's already kind of um, setting that tone and setting that mentality of a winning mentality, which is brilliant. And look, it's exciting and the girls are all brilliant. And I suppose if he was unlucky with um, Paddy and the group were unlucky the last couple of years, just falling short. But they've always been there and thereabouts. So I think now having Shane in and stuff is a fresh start and the girls definitely have to have to go after it and they all want to win all around. And I think Carpa do one. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to keep keep in the loop with the girls and they're back out already training hard. So I'm sure um, there'll be no flies on them when they get when they get going this year. Indeed, there will not, nor will there be on you if it's not with uh, Freedom Official Clothing and with the Irish international soccer team. Saoirse, as ever, it's a pleasure to talk to you on Corkshire FM and the Big Red Bench, and we wish you every success. Hopefully, we're going to see you build on a fantastic 2021 and have an even better and enjoy an even better 2020-22. Brilliant. Thanks a million, Jer. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Former Cork goalkeeper and eight-time All-Ireland LGFA winner Elaine Hart has joined the Tipperary Men's Senior Football Setup for 2022. The two-time All-Star has accepted an offer from Tip Senior Manager David Power to take up the men's goalkeeper coaching role for the coming season. I spoke to Elaine about her new role and why she hopes more women will start applying and getting coaching roles in the male-dominated GAA landscape. Multi-All-Ireland winning and former All-Star Elaine Hart joins us on the Big Red Bench to talk about her new role as the as the Tipperary Senior Football Setups Goalkeeping Coach. Elaine, you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench. Thanks very much, sir. Thank you. And congratulations. This is um, stepping up to the Tipperary Men's Senior Football Setup as a Goalkeeping Coach under David Power. First of all, congratulations. Uh, you must be very excited about the new role and looking forward to it. And you're probably already knee-deep in it. Uh, yeah, so delighted with it. Thanks very much for the congratulations. Um, it was something that kind of came on over Christmas time and just delighted to get get going now. So I'm kind of only just dipping my toes there in the last week or so. So it's really exciting times ahead. Yeah, how did it come about, Elena? I know you're based in Tipperary and have been there for some, yeah. for many years and you're teaching there. But David Power, yeah. who's the senior manager, how did the role come about? Well, I don't actually know because I never actually really worked with David before and I never, I didn't really ask him how he got my number or anything like that. But I got a message off David over uh, just prior to Christmas there uh, uh, just asking if he could uh, give me a call about something and I was like, no bother. And then he just uh, rang me then and we were having a chat over the phone and that was basically, that was the first time I'd spoken to David really. I'd obviously heard about him, that he was involved with the uh, tip miners that, uh, that won there a few good few years ago. And then I he was with the manager of the seniors there for the last year and stuff. So two years and stuff. So no, I suppose I didn't really know him. I didn't have any dealings with him. And he gave me a phone call and it went from there. We chatted and I was kind of very happy with the way he was talking about things and he was very, you know, he was very, sounded very organised on the on the phone and sounded very interested and we then met up and had a chat and it went from there, I suppose. Yeah, because for those who don't know, you're not coming into this role cold. I mean, uh, you've, been, you've been involved in very successful Tipperary ladies minor team that won an All-Ireland yeah. B title. So as a selector, as yeah. a coach and being on the sideline, this is not something yeah. new to you. But can I ask you, as surprised as you were, you know, to be offered the role, I mean, a woman 
going into a male-dominated area. I'm sorry to say it in 2022, but that's just the way it is. There's not enough people like you, um, uh, Elaine, who are getting these who are getting these opportunities. So it's mm. impo- I suppose I don't want to overplay it either at the same time, but from your own point of view, it must be a nice endorsement of the work you've done in Tipperary for somebody like David Power with his reputation to give you that call. Yeah. I suppose it is, and it's uh, and like I respect David for everything that he's done. And when I got the phone call, I kind of took an off, like I took a long time. To, I didn't have to take a long time to to come to the decision, you know, um, because I, like I said, they, they you, like you said, sorry, that it's, there's not for, there's not an awful lot of uh, we say female coaches going into the male side of things. But there's a lot of male coaches coming into female female side of things. So why can't it go the other way now from from now on? So hopefully we the start of something to you know that will progress and there'll be a lot more of it in the, in the near future but yeah I was delighted and honoured to get the phone call and after a bit of discussion with my family here and a few friends and stuff just to see how it would go about I was delighted to jump in. Yeah because Elaine it's a time consuming role I mean it's senior inter-county football and you know better than I ever will from your time playing in goal for Cork and winning all those All-Irelands down through the years as a player the time that's involved is one thing but as a coach and yeah. the, the the timing and the the effort that goes into planning your, your your training sessions, it's something clearly you enjoy, and it's something you're clearly very good at. How much? I mean, obviously, it's great that you've you're able to do you're able to take up the role. But how much are you enjoying it already, and how much are you looking forward to the rest of the year? Yeah, I suppose I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's a, it's a really professional setup there, and you know, it it is very time consuming, and that's why I kind of had to think about it a little bit, a little bit. But um, I suppose once you go into something, you have to go into it a hundred percent, and you know, there's there's trainings on the on the pitch or whatever. Um, but you're kind of there an hour or so beforehand, an hour or so after, as if there's meeting or whatever, and then you're planning your session before that, what needs to be done, or what area you're going to work on this week, or what area you're going to work on next week, and and I suppose. There's a lot of behind the scenes things that as a player you would have never done never thought of, you know. But um in terms of coaching it's something that you have to think of now and you have to plan your plan your sessions and make sure that everything is going all according to plan and you know sometimes it's just uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that never gets seen, but that's a that's a good thing too, you know. What was the reception like from the players, the temporary players that you've met so far? Yeah, really good. They're very welcoming. In fairness, um, I, like I've only been I've only been in there now twice or three times uh, since since I started. So they've been really welcoming, and you know I, I suppose it was a bit of change for them as well that um, they'd have a female a female coach in the staff in the coaching staff and there's a, there's a good few females there as well in terms of the psychologist and the nutritionist and stuff so I'm not on my own there and there's a strength and conditioning female there as well so there's um, a lot of a lot of work going on so I'm not I'm not on I'm not on my own there but there's a it's different part I suppose being a goalkeeping coach that wouldn't have happened in, uh, a lot in the past so they were grand they were really welcoming and you know they they're listening they're listening extremely well and I'm really happy with the way it's going so far yeah, and as you said, let's hope that this becomes the norm. It shouldn't even be a question of whether you're male or yeah. female, like that you're just good enough to do the job. Yeah. How important yeah. in your role as a goalkeeping coach, it's very specialised, Elaine. I mean, between kick, it's not just kickouts and catching yeah. and making saves. There's so much to it, organising yeah. a defence psycho- psychologically as a goalkeeper. You've got to form relationships with the goalkeepers that you're going to be working yeah. with for the year. How important is it that that's organic and that it happens, as you know, as I said, happens organically rather than being forced? Yeah. 
yeah, so it has to be seamless, really. You suppose the first the first two sessions are kind of really important, and you make sure that you're, you know, uh, getting on with the lads that are there. And there's a lot of things that like that you need to work on. And, and like you said, being a goalkeeper, it's very it's very specific. But at this stage, I suppose uh, goalkeepers at this, at this in this uh, time are, are they're first and foremost they're very good footballers, you know. So that's the first thing that you have, they have to be very good footballers. And then you're training them specifically to a specific. Uh, uh, position on the pitch but I think you know like you said it's very psychological there's an awful lot of work that has to be done there and you have to build a huge relationship and that'll come with time I obviously I'm just beginning to know the lads now as well but getting to chat to them they seem to be really motivated and really really up for it and in, in looking forward to the challenge as well um, How important are your experiences of winning eight All-Ireland titles nine Monsters I mean from a winning mentality when it comes to big matches you can pass this on now to these goalkeepers this is something you experienced at Crow Park this is something mm. you experienced throughout your career and that's a huge mm. advantage to be able to talk to goalkeepers at that level of boot Yeah I suppose that is, that is kind of a plus as well you know I suppose they um I would have gone through what they have gone through, you know, and we have we've had had losses as well, and they will have they will have losses, and they will have uh, the the big game where they'll have to they'll have to come up for it, and you know, I suppose the big thing about it is is you are going to, they are going to make mistakes, you are going to make mistakes. We made we made plenty of them, but I suppose as a goalkeeper, they're they're highlighted an awful lot more than being outfield, and I suppose just making sure that when you're building this relationship with the lads, that you always they know that you have their back, kind of a thing, you know, and that. Um, uh, you're going to be there if, if, no matter what happens and just try and get them to psychologically if something happens uh, negatively or if they make a mistake whatever that they just forget about it and, and just to do that you kind of need to build these big relationships and make sure that they're I suppose in the right frame of mind that when something does go wrong that they're able to get over it and yeah like I suppose the experience that I would have had is that I would have made a lot of some mistakes as well and trying to get out of it just trying to get your head right and then on the big day just making sure that you're focused the right the right times you try to you don't want to overthink things and you don't want to underthink things just finding the balance between that you know so yeah that experience hopefully will help in some way yeah you didn't make too many mistakes Elaine you made a lot more saves um, <laughs> <laughs> you've been very very honest there but, I, I suppose we did, I didn't have the opportunity you had a great back line in front of me <laughs> very well said um, before I let you go um, over the Christmas period the TG Carr uh, would have aired the Unmoshed documentary about the life and times of Eamon Ryan somebody I know you knew very very well somebody you spent an awful lot of time with and somebody I know you had huge affection for um, your impressions of the documentary and how poignant was it and I, I presume it wasn't an easy watch I mean you, you, you miss him an awful lot just like everyone else that knew him but what did you think of the documentary and what, what kind of memories did it bring back? Um, I suppose it was a, it was fantastic uh, to watch it. You know, like you like you said, it was very emotional watching back and the the very first scene when when the two boys uh, were were um, looking at the diaries or the the notebooks. We were even talking about it before, like that the notebooks. If we could if we could get those notebooks, you'd be you know there's probably memories in there for donkeys years. But we always remember the notebooks and. I think from the very start it hit, it hit a nail on the head, and that was how organised Damon was, you know, and that he still has those notebooks in the in the box, you know. We were wondering whether they were there, and there they were, the very first scene. Um, so yeah, it was. It was an excellent, excellent um, uh, documentary on his life, and yeah, he'd be hugely missed. We it, like the there are there are no more supporters for him that were there that were there on the on the at the program. They were it was excellent. They they kind of. 
hit the nail on the head and how many people that he has inspired, not just on the playing pitch, but off the playing pitch as a teacher, as a as a coach, as just a friend to people. You know, he has, I suppose, touched so many people's lives and what a lovely way to what a lovely thing to have said of you know when you're when you've passed on is how many people you have touched and he has touched a huge amount of people in so many different ways not just on the pitch but like I said as a teacher as a friend as a person um I don't think there's many more supporters that you can give him from that weren't on the on that show that he was just un, an unbelievable man and one in a million and and the word legend is and is is used very an awful lot but I think uh, can't be un- uh, can't be overused in case of Eamon you know that's very well said and I think that's about um, a, a, as good a good a way as an ex-player can put it and I, I would just say to Elaine how happy he would be to see you coaching <laughs> at senior football level I'm sure he'd have the phone uh, he'd have you on the phone giving you a few tips or maybe vice versa <laughs> well I certainly have been on the phone to him anyway asking his <laughs> advice and what to do because he would have definitely um been one of the first phone calls I would have asked you know to talk to you know so uh, it was very poignant actually the when I was on the when I was met with David was when I met with David was the day that the documentary was going out so I was like is this a sign so (laughs) it was I don't know I think it is. And listen, we're <laughs> absolutely delighted for you here on the Big Red Bench to see you moving on with your coaching career. Another step up the ladder with the Tipperary Senior Football Men's team under David Power for the coming season. We'll be keeping a close eye on Tipperary and yourself and hopefully we'll catch up with you at some stage later in the year. But congratulations again, Elaine, and the best of luck with the new role. Uh, thanks very much, sir. Thank you. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Irish senior basketball international Anya McKenna played a pivotal role in helping the address UCC Glanmire overcome rival Singleton Supervalue Brunel 92-82 to qualify for this year's Paddy O'Connor Women's National Cup Final. The experienced point guard spoke to me on the big red bench about a COVID-affected season and her hopes for the remainder of 2022 at both club and international level. Now, on the line is experienced Irish senior basketball international and point guard with the address UCC Glanmire Anya McKenna. Anya, you're very welcome to the big red bench. Thanks very much. It has been a very, very busy time for you and for the address UCC Glanmire because you've qualified for this weekend's 2021 Paddy O'Connor Cup Final, but you had to do it the hard way. You came through a local derby against Singleton Super Value Brunel winning 92-82 this past week or the previous weekend just gone by. Congratulations on that. It was a really, really close game. Um, it was only four points in it going into the fourth quarter. You must be absolutely delighted um, to get that win and get to the final. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted. Um, I suppose it was one of our main goals to, to get to the cup final this year. Um, and we came through a really, really tough game against Brunel. You know, they're, they're top of the league table with us as well. So we knew it was going to be an extremely tough game going into it. They have some fantastic players. Um, and, and the game was what it was meant to be. You know, everybody knew it was going to be a really close game. Um, and it was that right up to the very end. Um, and we just won out by 10 points in the end. But, um, uh, the scoreline probably doesn't even do it justice. It was such a good game. Um, so we're just really happy with the win and really, really pleased to get through that game. Yes, and one of the things coming out of that game, um, which, which was interesting, was the scoring. I mean, obviously, Carrie Shepard had a great game. She got 22 points. You got 18. But it was yourself. It was Amy Dooley. It was Mia Furlong. It was people like this. It was a real team effort because uh, you were down one of your American players who has since gone home, Jarlyn Duran. But from your point of view as the captain and for somebody who's involved with, with UCC Glanmire for so long, um, that team effort was hugely important. There was no one player you were reliant on. It was a real team effort to get over the line. 
Yeah, and for me, that's the most important thing. I think a team effort it always makes you win, win a lot, a lot easier. Um, and I think different people stepped up at different times. You know, um, like like in the first quarter, a couple of people were on double figures, and then like in fairness to, to Mia Farlong from Glanmire, she she had a huge game for us. She came on scoring. I think it was thirteen points off the bench, um, which made a massive difference for us in the end. Um, so like that, her points were crucial. Her contribution off the bench, but it wasn't just her. At different times, as you said, Amy Dooley stepped up. Um, Casey Grace hit some huge baskets for us, as well as being phenomenal on defense, uh, defending one of their their main players, their American. Um, so it was really good to see at different times everybody stepped up, and and that's really what you need when when you're in those tough games. Um, you need everybody to be able to make contribution, and thankfully for us, that happened on Friday. Indeed, it did in spectacular fashion as well. Can I just ask you, um, because just because of your, your experience, Anya, this past year, this past twenty four months, because of COVID, I don't we don't like to dwell on COVID for too long. But for basketball as an indoor sport, you, it was absolutely devastated because outdoor sports were able to come back a bit earlier, obviously with the fresh air and being out being outside. But from your point of view, in all the years that you're playing basketball, both international and club level, how difficult was it on a personal level not to have basketball in your life for a good chunk of those last twenty four months? Yeah, it was extremely tough. Um, we didn't have any club uh, basketball last year. Now, I was lucky enough to be involved with the Irish team, so um, I did have training um, a lot of the weekends and we'd camp up in Dublin uh, before the European Championship. So I was lucky enough to have that um, and, and to be able to, to train and have something to, you know, have goal and look, look forward to that. Um, but it was extremely tough for people. Um, and even coming back to just even these last couple of months have been tough because, you know, we've had to be very, very careful. We've had to make sure that we minimise our contacts, you know, even just before the, the Cup semi-final. Um, there were so many, so many cases, you know, and so many games called off. Um, but we were we were lucky that we were able to still train and that, um, you know, everybody everybody stayed healthy and, you know, and tried to minimise our contacts as much as possible, as I said. Yeah, but it's great now that it's back, and obviously with the national cups and the the body O'Connor Cup, it's it's getting there's a lot of media covers, a lot of attention back on it again. It's great to see basketball front and center at this time of the year, which mm-hmm. is something you want to see. You mentioned the 2021 European Championships for small countries, and that that took place in Cyprus. I know it's going back a bit now, last July, but you were part of the Irish team that beat Andorra, Malta, and Kosovo and got to the final. Unfortunately, coming up short to Luxembourg in the decider. Now I know uh, you're. A, you're a Kerry woman and you had a Kerry coach. Uh, James Weldon from FOSA was in charge of it, plus you, Claire Rockall and mm-hmm. Claire Amelia. What was that experience like? Let's not dwell on the final, obviously. Disappointing, hugely disappointing to lose to Luxembourg by 10 points. Yeah. But the whole experience, and as you said, in the middle of everything that was going on, it must have been fantastic to get to Cyprus and to play for the Irish international team yet again. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Now, look, our preparations might have been what they normally would have. You know, we were... We were um, used to have training camps up in Dublin nearly every weekend, you know, and I suppose we used to do antigen testing even before we went in training every time. So that was it was a really professional setup and it was really good. And I suppose when when there was no basketball going on at all um, during those times, we were incredibly lucky to be able to be involved in that and have the opportunity to continue our training um, while there was no basketball going on in this country at all. So we we do count ourselves very very lucky. Um, like our preparation mightn't have been as like it wasn't in under normal circumstances. You know, we probably would have got to train a lot more. Um, so look, maybe we weren't as prepared as we could have been going into to it. Maybe that has an effect on us in the final as well. But like we did extremely well over there. The 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 last game that we played, um, most of Luxembourg, most of their players would be playing professional. 
Um, so it was it was really tough, but we did really put it up to them. I think it was level at half time. I actually got injured the morning of that game, so I wasn't able to play. Unfortunately, in the final, um, I got injured in the shoot around um, that morning. But um, we we were right up to it up to half time. It was it was a level game. We just came up short in the end, but it was a fantastic experience for everyone. And I said, as I said, we did count ourselves very very lucky to be able to be involved in that. Um, and to have that going ahead for us um, when there was absolutely no indoor sport going on in the country at that time. Yeah, you're right. And it look, as you said, look, Luxembourg's professional setup as well. Like it was a fantastic performance. Where I didn't want to mention the fact that you got injured. Sorry, but now that you've brought it up, <laughs> to me that sounds like there's some unfinished, unfinished business for you at international level. What does 2021 and t- sorry 2022 hold for you in terms of international basketball? What are you hoping to achieve? Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I suppose this at the moment we're I'm just concentrating on on you know doing doing well with Clanmire and hopefully we we can pick up um, a cup a cup medal and we can pick up the league as well. So that's kind of our main goal at the moment. So um, that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now. Like I suppose going forward with the with the Irish team, um, like for myself, I would be one of the more experienced players that would be there. You know, so it's it's really good for the team to have that. Um, and I think like there's so many good upcoming um, underage internationals there that are that are going to be phenomenal for the next couple of years. So it's really exciting the future that's there, you know, for the team. Um, and it's really good to be able to watch these players, you know, coming along and training with them. And you know, the the level is it it really is at such a high level in comparison to the last couple of years. So it's in a good place, um, you know, and hopefully the the sport will stay going now and continue on on that direction and, and keep improving. Um, but the the the, the youth players at the moment, um, I just think are exceptional, and you know they they're just so professional in everything that they do. Um, like Edel Thornton, who we would have played against in um, with Brunel, she's the captain of the Irish team at the moment, and she's bringing all her experience from college basketball as well. So it's really good to see. You know, she has she's a good few years ahead of her now with all the younger players as well, and they're going to have a really exciting team along with Claire Media, um, for the next few years. Indeed, and that, that sounds very exciting and hopefully we'll get to cover a lot more of that here on the Big Red Bench. Before I let you go, this Sunday, the twenty, or sorry, on Sunday, uh, the 23rd of January at tip-off at 5.20pm, the address UCC Glanmire taking on DCU Mercy in the 2021, sorry, the Podio Connor Cup final. Um, DCU Mercy is a team I know that you know well. Uh, they defeated WIT Waterford Wildcats by three points in the semi-finals. They've got two very, very good American players, Bailey Greenberg and Allery Mays. Both of those players came up trumps in that semi-final victory. It's I'm not even going to give you the usual cliche on you, but this is going to be a hugely yeah. tough challenge for you. But does the performance and it's the entire squad's performance and team's performance in the semi-final give you hope that the address UCC Glenmore can come through in this one? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's our motto going forward. You know, we, we, we do really want a, a good team performance. Um and I think if we do do that and we continue to do what we're doing, I think we'll we'll be fine. We played DCU in the league game a couple of weeks ago and it was it went right down to the wire as well. I think we won out by three or four points at the end. So everybody knows it's going to be a tough game as well. Um but look we couldn't ask for better preparation because we play Waterford this Wednesday, um and we played Brunel again in the league on Saturday, so like we couldn't ask for two better teams to, to prepare for a cup final for. Um but no, we're really looking forward to the game. Um DCU and Glamour have a long history of, of playing each other in cup, cup finals. Um, I think the last time I was involved in the cup finals, we, we were going for five in a row and they beat us. So it'd be nice to get a little bit of revenge on them. Um, but I'm really, really looking forward to the game. Um, and hopefully we'll have the right outcome on the day. 
Yeah, I know you didn't really want to mention that missing out in the five in a row, but you were a very integral part of 2014, 15, 16 and 17, the four in a row success of that Glanmire team. So I suppose, look, your experiences there would be very important, especially for the younger players in the build up to this particular final. Yeah, especially, yeah, the younger players. And I suppose as well, like we've really, really good management there. You know, Mark's been involved with us um, for all of it. You know, he was involved with us for the for the four in a row and the, and the, and the fifth that we lost. Um but, you know, it's really good to have a coach of such good experience there. We've run Ross Sullivan as well, an assistant coach. He's been involved in many National Cup uh, semi-finals and finals with us as well. Um, so we have a, a really good system in place, you know, and, and even our strength and conditioning and coach, Kenneth Clark, you know, they all deserve a mention as well because they put in such good, good work in the background and we wouldn't be the team we are today only for the management that are there. Well, that's very well said. And listen, Anya McKenna, it's been a real pleasure here on the Big Red Bench to speak to. We wish you and everybody involved in the address, UCC Glanmire, all the best in that Paddy O'Connor Cup final against DCU Mercy. And hopefully the next time we speak, we'll, you'll be clutching a trophy and we'll be uh, celebrating and uh, a big win for UCC Glanmire. Thanks very much. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Mornabies Emma and Catherine Coakley are gearing up for Sunday's currentaccount.ie All-Ireland LGFA Senior Club Championship semi-final against Meath and Leinster champion Stunboyne. The Coakley sisters joined us here on the Big Red Bench to preview the big match and talked about their path to another All-Ireland Club semi-final as well as sibling rivalry both on and off the pitch. Now it is a real thrill to be joined by two very important members of the Mornabi senior football team who head into this weekend's All-Ireland semi-final against Dunboyne hoping to get back to another final and possibly a third successive All-Ireland title which would be fantastic. We're joined by the Coakley sisters, uh, Catherine and Emma. Catherine you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench. Thank you very much Joe. thanks for having us. Emma you're also equally welcome as the sister to the Big Red Bench, how are you? Thank you, I'm very good, thanks. Good stuff. Um, before we look ahead, let's just quickly look back. Uh, it's been a fantastic run for Moran Abbey, to put it mildly, beginning with retaining or getting back your Cork County senior title um, that you had lost the previous uh, when the previous championship was played. Real determination th- uh, this past season, Catherine, was pretty obvious from the very start. Moran Abbey had one goal and one goal only, and that was to get back that Cork senior title, and you did it. Yeah, we did, thankfully. Um, it wasn't an easy ride. There were some very tough challenges put up. Uh, like, I mean, we can sail in very tough conditions on an Astro, which was, you know, something different again for us. Thankfully, we got through that. Then in the final, again, we there were, like, I mean, there's such rivalry there. They're a fantastic team. They're very young. You know, we play them all right, fair enough, for the last few years, but, like, they're the up-and-coming team. They're a fantastic bunch. Then I suppose the fact that we got to play it in Parky Cueve was absolutely huge for all of us. As a club, you know, it was great to be the first um, club ladies football team to get into Parky Cueve to have the final. It was unreal. You know, I suppose the nerves were there again because of it being in Parky Cueve and being such a big occasion. But again, thankfully we came out the right side of it. It was a very tough battle, but like it, it's absolutely brilliant to, have, to retain, to get our title back and lost it last year. Um, against a very tough West Cork team but uh, we battled hard we, we kind of worked on the things that we felt weren't going right for us in the last year we're kind of concentrating on going game by game every time now so it worked anyway thankfully for the county final and we got our title back which is brilliant for us Indeed it was and for you Emma as well as Catherine mentioned they're not alone winning the senior title getting it back again but getting the opportunity to play at Parky Cueve was a big moment not just for Moran Abbey but for ladies football in, inside and outside of Cork 
yeah, it's a massive um, thing for ladies football, you know, Cork ladies football. Like a lot of the girls would have had the opportunity to play there with Cork. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of young girls on our team coming up and like a uh, lot of us who wouldn't have experienced Corky Cueven, you know, like we accepted the occasion for what it was, but it was massive, you know, even coming out onto the pitch, seeing the lights um, was very overwhelming. You know, it was something that you like would only experience not so often in your life. And, you know, we, we really did want to make the most of that too. You know, it was kind of breathtaking coming out onto the pitch. Um, just even seeing the size of the pitch, like uh, it, took a, it took a while for the first couple of minutes, you know, to get your bearings on the, the size of it. Uh, Shane has a loud voice and even he couldn't reach across um, the width of the pitch to get his messages in. So, no, it was fantastic. Like, And to be the first team uh, to get the title there, you know, means a lot to us. Yeah, sorry, you mentioned Shane. He, his voice very much carries up into the media section of the high high side of the stand as well. I can, can, can vouch for that. You mentioned there as well, like this particular Morn Abbey team has been together quite a long time, been hugely successful both in Cork and Munster and All-Irelands, contesting at the highest end, the business end of the championship. What's different this year is the emergence of a lot of young players coming onto the team. I'm thinking of Ellie Jack just off the top of my head and a few others. Laura Fitzgerald has been around a while, but she's she's in big in really good form as well how important is it that not just the experienced players like yourselves but those young players are now on the scene and pushing you for your for your places yeah it's vital you know to keep the competition alive you know we have the, um, the likes of the Cronin twins there who just 16 years of age and Deirdre came on in that county final again and you know um, won a vital ball from a kick out you know it's great to see uh, players like that emerging um, and it keeps us older ones on our toes you know and um, there's such a competition for places and like it drives us to keep going you know we can't rest on our laurels when we have the likes of you know Katie O'Toole and as you said Ellie Jack coming along um, you know they're they're pushing for their places as well so it's great to have that competition um, to keep the rest of us you know ticking over Indeed it is. And Catherine, that competition and that that's just that strength of the depth of that panel is very apparent to me in the three Munster Championship games that she won this year. Uh, very different types of games against the Banner, against Bally McCarberry and then against Aherlow. But all, I suppose, the one common theme was difficult conditions, heavy ground and difficult time of the year to be playing football. But this is exactly the kind of setup you need. This is exactly the kind of campaign you need if you want to go into an all semi semi-final and be successful. Yeah, exactly. And it's something Shane will reiterate at every training session. Like we'll say, even though we know we're going in Sunday, you know, there's no team picked just yet. You know, there's such rivalry, there's such competition. You know, obviously the ground, the underfoot is, it's so much heavier. We haven't had to train over Christmas ever in our, the last few years, you know. So it's something different again for us. You're bound to pick up niggles, you know, the underground conditions. So again, it's, that like not everyone I mean Emma herself in the Munster final had to come off a concussion after 10 minutes and one girl came on you know Ashton Cronin came on and it was seamless like that's the way we work that like no matter who comes on it's a full panel it's not just the 15 set and you need like I have no doubt um, in every match that like going forward to, please God that like we will have to use those footballs in every single match where you know it's different it's difficult it, the underfoot there's a lot of heavy knocks going in as well. So like you do need that full panel and you need all those younger girls as well as the older girls um, to keep us going, to be honest. Indeed. Catherine, you now face probably the toughest challenge 
since the, since the season began, wherever it began late last year, and that's Dunboyne in the All Ireland semi final in Morn Abbey at the weekend on Sunday. Um, this is a team that that's knocked out Fox Rock, Cavantili, Fox Cabaret Club. I know you know very well from your battles with them down through the years. This is a serious team. It's obviously got a lot of big names there. Vicky Wall is the one, the obvious one. But what Dunboyne have, along like yourselves, is a hunger for success. The the mid senior football. All Ireland winners. I mean, the momentum is there. It's a juggernaut at the moment. This is no. I know you're at home, and that's a huge advantage. But you're going to have to be at your best, Catherine, if you're going to beat Dunboyne. Oh, absolutely. We'll have to be at our at our very best. I mean, one thing I suppose that we're very good at is that we tend to concentrate on our own game. Like we can only control what we can control. But I mean, Dunboyne are you know they're fantastic outfit. They're two of the best footballers in the country, not alone just in need. Um, on their side and like they have momentum you know like I know they won the club intermediate All-Ireland only in is the 2017 so like they have the momentum they're young you know they, they've been at this level before it's not going to be completely new to them so they know what to expect you know they're a fantastic outfit um, you know I, fair enough we do have moment but that means nothing you know when you're inside the pitch it's still 15 on 15 and you know, it's a very tough challenge for us. It, you know, they're fantastic running outfit. It's it's a huge challenge for us, and you know, all we can do is control what we control for us and for our side on our side on Sunday. Emma, how big a match is this to have in Morn Abbey? You've experienced big days there down through the years, but also as well recently um, through your Munster campaign. Certainly, that game against Bally McCarby, like the support. Now we know it's limited capacity again because of COVID restrictions this coming weekend, but. Being at home and not having to travel, how how big and how important is that for you? Ah, uh, yeah, it's brilliant um, to have home advantage. I suppose you know over the last number of years, our supporters and our families have travelled the length and the breadth of the country with us. You know, and they always bring um, that extra bit with them. So it's great to be able to have it at home. And I suppose we're used to playing on that pitch. Um, the rub of the green hopefully will um, come with with that on the day, but. As Catherine said, you know, it's 15 on 15 at the end of the day. It does add that extra spark that it is at home. But, you know, we still have a big challenge ahead of us um, with facing Dunboyne and, you know, the challenge that they're going to bring. But it is great to have home advantage and um, hopefully um, everyone will be out to support us on Sunday. Morn Abbey is a very, very important club to both of you. Um, I'll start with you, Emma. Uh, how uh, how difficult is it sometimes to be on the same team as your sister? Is she, is Catherine the kind that offers advice or is very quick to criticise if you make a mistake? I suppose it has its advantages and disadvantages. Feel free uh, to talk here. She'll get her chance to respond, don't worry. With your um, sister, my older sister at that. Um, so... <laughs> I'd say, you know, there's never quite your any home after a match. Your harshest critic would be next to you uh, in the car. She wouldn't be afraid to tell you what she really thinks anyway, um, is how I'll put it. Uh, but no, it, to be fair, it's fantastic when uh, you're winning alongside your sister. It's great, you know. Um, we wouldn't be known to be quiet on the pitch. So uh, at times I'd say we have to calm each other down. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's worse. Um I probably would say her, but look, uh, she might have a different opinion on that. But no, it is fantastic. It's great um, for to have her playing so close with me as well. Uh, Catherine, the floor is yours. I mean, there's your, there's your little sister telling you like it is. Is, is that the way it is? 
she had to point out I was the older one anyway <laughs> I know it is like it's fantastic and like one thing I will say about Mornavi as a whole I mean there's six set of sisters mm. we're nearly all sisters at this stage you know we've all gone up through the ranks but like it is it is something un- like to have your sister next year to be winning all these matches like it's unreal and like you know football is still football there is days where you're down and at least they're there they're the ones that will give the first over to tap on the back to say you know next ball we'll get through it and and all that and uh, I do think Emma is the one that I have calmed down though I will point that out not me <laughs> well, well having witnessed your matches on the sideline I'm going to say that you're equally as um, vocal let's put it that way which is a good thing because you need to encourage each other and it's a good point you make Catherine about all the different sets of sisters that have been involved and down through the years that have been involved in Moran Abbey as well but um, obviously being to be being involved in in an All-Ireland semi-final is something special and something to look forward to. Listen, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time during a very, very busy week and a very important week for you ahead of that game with Dunboyne and everybody here on the Big Red Bench would like to wish you all the best in that All-Ireland semi-final on Sunday in Mornaby um, against Dunboyne and I'm sure you're going to give it your absolute best and before we finish up I do have to mention the fact that the club is currently running uh, Mornaby club is currently running and let's play bingo uh, a very important fundraiser for the uh, for Mornabi Ladies Football Club and you can find details on the Mornabi Facebook page and social media channels all the details are there how to get involved and how to support a very very important club not just in Mornabi but in Cork as well so Catherine and Emma thank you very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench and all the best this weekend thanks, thanks that's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts you can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.